It's an age of cancellations. Cancel this, cancel that, cancel a three-ring circus. It's a cancellation frenzy. Well, you know what? You're not canceling this show because I've got things to say. So let's get to it. Welcome and thank you for joining our podcast. This is Right All Week. I am your host. My name is Dave. If you would like to interact with us on any of the usual social networks, the username is Right All Week, and that does include the recently popular parlor. If you would like to send us an email, you can do that. The email address is rightallweek at gmail.com, and there you can get the right answer to any question you might have. And if you would, also, if you're watching us on YouTube, please remember to like and subscribe, ring that bell to give the angels their wings, and of course, please remember to share the content that you are experiencing right now. That does uh, help us to grow, and it lets other people know that you are a discerning conservative. And now to get to today's topics, going to talk about cancellations and going to hit some other things real quick just to get some stuff off my chest, starting with the most popular Twitter account in the world and what is probably now the most frequent tweet that we've all seen, President Trump tweeting law and order for at least the 10th time that I now know of. And this is going to help to draw the difference between words and actions, because now we're just talk, talk, talk about law and order and what have we seen, what is actually being done to help establish or reestablish and affirm what is law and order. What are we doing to put law and order back into action? And if you see me talk about this or heard me talk about this on previous podcasts, the essential need for law and order, the importance of establishing it and reinforcing it, why we need it, and the biblical purposes for government's role in providing it, uh, it's super important that we actually do this. And just tweeting it 10 times is totally not going to do it. It's not going to be enough. Another really good example of the difference between words and actions, and I don't want to necessarily just call it a false flag, but to, but to help paint the picture between why it's, it's something you just can't take it seriously because the words fall on deaf ears, it all falls flat, and we just can't take it seriously. Uh, Senator Tim Scott standing up and talking about, and he's not that the words aren't true, but that it just carries no weight when he gets up there and points out. 50 years, decades of the fact that we've had people in positions in these cities that are afflicted by all kinds of problems. The truth, it's not that the words aren't true, but the fact that, yeah, trying, what are we going to accomplish now if we try to make some sort of a federal or national bipartisan effort to reach across the aisle and kind of make some sort of a deal by saying all of these things about the fact that these cities have been failing and pointing out, well, it's your fault, Democrats, or it's the fault of the Democrats of the peoples in those cities. And yes, it's totally, that's all true. But making some sort of a deal with them now or trying to make some sort of a deal with them now by basically pointing the finger in their face, of course, what's the response going to be? Well, of course, they're going to say no. And everything that he stands up there and he says, and also at the same point, if we have to acknowledge this, which might be difficult for people who associate with the Republican Party, to, be, to also acknowledge the truth of the fact that today's Republican Party doesn't reflect the party that uh, who would have been the the counterpart the or the opposition or the alternative party to the people he's blaming from 50 years ago. So if you were a Democrat back then and our, the alternatives back then were way different from who he is now. So 
That's not a very fair comparison at the same time. Yeah, but it's also, it's, they're not going to take a deal. There's no deal that's going to be able to be made to try to get up there and try to put some sort of a pressure and act like there's something that you can say to provide some sort of a conviction and say that there's a, we have to make this deal and you're responsible for this deal and to put something, I don't know what to call it. Um, it's not brinksmanship, but uh, it's... It's so obvious to all of us that nothing's going to come from it. So to even make the, uh, it's not an appeal either. I don't even want to call it that. I don't know what to say other than it's a show. That's the, my problem with it is that it's all for show. Meanwhile, what's actually happening outside of the Twitter accounts and outside of the political theater is what's happening in the real world. And in the real world, the leftists are going bananas. They're going crazy and they're trying, they're pulling down statues, they're burning cities, and they're trying to get everything canceled, including Mrs. Buttersworth and the guy on the cream of the wheat box, right? And the names of the military bases. And you got people going, okay, well, what if we try to find the equivalent? Let's go to the say, well, we're going to actually try to say to help them to understand well, just how extreme you are and just how crazy this is. We will make some examples. We'll go after some of the places, the things that you care for that you wouldn't like to help you to understand. And what's interesting is they're actually willing to make some of those deals until you get to a certain point where now they just actually aren't willing to make the deal. And what do they do? No, they don't learn the lesson. They don't actually realize that we're trying to open their eyes. No, now they come back at you and say, you're weaponizing this thing, right? Same thing happened with hashtag me too and hashtag believe all women because we did do believe all women until, oh no, you can't accuse Democrats, right? Like Clinton and Biden. No, now all of a sudden we're interested in things like evidence, right? And so now we're talking about cancel everything until we get to, well, no, we can't talk about places like Yale and Ivy League schools because, you know, we're, we rely on those places to help turn out our progressive elitist socialist place our elite ruling class to help put the thumb down on our normal people in America who we actually want to rule over. So no, we can't threaten those places. But, uh, you know, so stop weaponizing the cancel culture. Don't do that, guys. We actually don't want to have that happening at all. But, uh, you know, so time for a little distraction over here, right? Like maybe you know, we'll, we'll do some other canceling. Let's, let's cancel the Dixie Chicks instead. I uh, can't have that. Uh, let's just have chicks. Which, you know, I made a joke about that. So, you know, we can't, can't just call, call them chicks because uh, at the same time you uh, forget about all the progress that we made in feminism, right? I thought chicks was a demeaning, it was disrespectful. You know, I thought we were supposed to not look at women like that. We weren't supposed to call them that, but I guess they're allowed to call themselves that. And what about, you know, didn't, uh, you know, Mr. Phoenix just get up on stage and talk about how it's so disrespectful, it's so disheartening, you know, it's meat is murder, right? And that was what we were doing to the animals. So now this is just bad for chickens. But now here comes another one. Here's a big one from chicks to chickens. Uh, <laughs> Chick-fil-A. I don't know what True Kathy would have done, but now his son's come out and totally changed the, the, the landscape, the whole big picture, right? Because they used to make all these big donations to what were a huge, a well-known Christian, well-known conservative, big charities and big ministries, and they were pressured for a lot, a lot of years, right, by, by small groups. You know, if you guys keep doing that, we're just not going to support you, which 
actually ended up being very good for them because as long as they felt the social pressure by the law, the small groups who made a lot of noise that this was happening to them. Well, they actually had a very big swell of support from the Christian community and from conservative community and even from GOP, you know, people who just kind of related to that and said, you know what, we will do a boycott. We will come to your aid. We'll come to your support. During those years, Chick-fil-A had a huge swell of growth through the roof, right? And uh, even in times when they were being pressured and said, we won't, we don't allow you guys to be in airports. We aren't going to allow you guys to be on camp college campuses. You know, so they're in some cities, you know, the real super progressive Democrat cities are like, yeah, we don't want any locations in here. And okay, fine. Well, it didn't even matter as much as there was an impedance and a restriction on the guys, they still were like outpacing a lot of the other chains. But it didn't matter, uh, you know, this, Kathy Sr.'s gone and, and Kathy Jr.'s in charge now and he actually decided that he felt enough of the pressure from these other organizations and they stopped giving out, the, uh, stopped making those donations to those well-known Christian companies and, uh, and then it actually took a swing in the other direction. Not only did he stop making those donations, he actually started making donations to Southern Poverty Law Center, which is well known for actually doing pretty much the opposite, going after Christian and conservative organizations who they perceive to be groups who are no, you know, hate groups because they stand up for like traditional values. So, oh, we think that you're a bigoted company. Why are you bigoted? Well, you don't support things like gay marriage or, or you don't support stuff like that, right? So because of that, we've decided that you're a hate group and so now we're gonna go after you. And now, you know, Kathy Jr. says, well, we're going to give money to that group. And so I just felt like to those of us who have supported them over all the years, trying to protect them from somebody like Southern Poverty Law Center, now they turn around and actually give them money. And be like, whoa, that's, that's such a, a betrayal. And then he comes out now, and in this age, now we're seeing all of the action, all of the backlash, all of this tension in the community nationwide today. And he gets up and he makes a public statement and he starts saying things that are, seems really well out of dated, right? And he's encouraging people to shine the shoes, you know, get down and go and shine shoes. You know, white people should be apologizing to black people. And if you want my opinion on the whole race issue, you know, I got a whole video on that one too, about what, you know, how the Bible should play in this. Now there's a specifically an example in the Bible about how we deal with sins of the past. And Daniel makes a really good example of this, right? When he goes and he stands as an intercessor before the Lord, but you know what he doesn't do, right? He doesn't try to go and find another person to, so that he can try to, you know, like find somebody who can be a stand-in for sins so that he can be a stand-in for somebody else's sins and he can find some person who can receive the benefits of those things. It doesn't do that. What he does is he goes to the Lord so that he can be an intercessor and he can be a person who is standing in the gap between his people and the Lord, but he doesn't do it person to person. And there's a, it's a very different situation to try to find, okay, well, I'm not the one who actually did the wrong thing and you're not the person who was actually wronged and try to find some way for me to be a stand-in and you to be a stand-in and there's gonna be this transfer of wealth from, to, from someone who never did anything wrong and person who was not actually wronged it's not there. That's not what happens. And, uh, but that's what this, what Kathy Jr. is suggesting. It's not, uh, I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's right. 
And the fact that after all of the support that Chick-fil-A has been given, that this man would come out and start to say things like this, I don't know what his dad would say. That doesn't make any, uh, doesn't really do us a whole lot of help right now. But it just, it, it saddens me personally to see how far he's, that we've drifted off course. And uh, it's, it's just really a big bummer to me personally that uh, all the support that they've gotten now, and this feels like a betrayal, at least to me in this case, that, uh, that it wouldn't, it doesn't seem to pay off. Uh, like so many things that don't seem to pay off, but you know what, that's not what we do, right? We don't always do the right thing because we're hoping that's gonna pay off right away. Sometimes you do the right thing and you expect that eventually uh, you're gonna get a great cr uh, crown of, of uh, jewels in the end, and you're going to use those jewels to worship the Lord on the other side. And uh, that's one of the primary reasons why we do the right thing. And, uh, but there, not everybody that we see today is on board with that, of course. Some people are trying to find ways to get rewards on this life, in this time, in this day, in this age. And they're willing to do the wrong things to try to get the rewards today. And I'm referencing Mr. Wallace, Mr. Bubba, Mr. NASCAR, who's going like, Hey, I want to get some kind of a reward now. And I don't personally, we don't, none of us knows what was actually going on in his brain. But, uh, but we do know that, hey, there has yet to be one of these hoaxes that was true in the forefront. So it's kind of one of those, we kind of get to a point now where we hear it and we go, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it kind of a situation going on. I had never heard of this guy before, either because uh, he's not a winner or because I don't watch much NASCAR. And you can decide for yourself which one of those is a, bitter, a bigger part of the picture. But I will honestly say this, that I don't watch much NASCAR because there's not a lot of diversity there. And I'm not referring to race, <laughs> small pun intended. All right, what I'm referring to here is the fact that NASCAR itself doesn't have much diversity in cars, all right? So regardless of who's behind the wheel, that's almost all the same wheels, <laughs> all right? So you've got a Camry, you've got the uh, Ford Mustang, and you've got the, the Chevy Camaro, right? So, and it doesn't matter, all the stickers on the outside, it's all the same engines on the inside, there's all these three cars, and however many cars are on the track, there's always only these three cars. And they've had so much regulation over all the years, and so many rules, and so much bureaucracy, and so many of their own internal politics and outside influences on how they're gonna have this whole thing go, they've pretty much dialed it down, so now it doesn't matter how many racers we got, and how many companies we've got, and how, how many different financiers coming in, and different sponsors and all that, you've still only got these three cars on the track and they all go around together and it pretty much just depends on okay well who's going to get these couple of inches there and who's going to get these couple of inches here and uh you know you watch the highlight reel and it's like oh yeah this guy passed this guy by a couple of inches at this time and this guy took a pit at this time and that was the biggest difference of the night and then this guy yep here's this crash here's that crash and those are the highlights it's over is it going to be is it going to be the camry or is it going to be the mustang you know it's the camry with a tundra engine that they made specially for this thing there's not a lot of diversity they pretty much ruled out most of of the auto manufacturers they don't participate in the thing because it's pretty much it's almost impossible to become a part of this thing it's not a real big you know automotive tour de force that it could be if nascar is just like hey you know what let's just open it up everybody bring your best car in you bring your best driver in who knows how to handle that car that you bring the best car in and let's just see who can do the best and actually make this thing win they don't do that it's really not a uh, 
a, I don't want to say it's not a good challenging sport, but uh, it's just not what it could be if they just pulled all the rules off. Now, let me take this thing and say that I'm going to make a, an analogy here because it's very similar to kind of what we've done here in the United States because we have just thrown on over the years, as more time goes by, year after year after year, more rules, more regulations, more laws. More rules, more regulations, more laws. More rules, more regulations, more laws. You sensing a theme here? Because every time a problem comes in, that was everybody's solution. We just want to do something, we just wanna fix it, we wanna write another thousand page bill to somehow regulate everybody into obedience. And you know what, it just doesn't work that way. And you guys may not even understand how many rules you're supposed to be living under right now. If you were to go and look at it, it's ridiculous. And on the average day, most Americans are breaking several that they never even knew existed. And it's awesome that we're living in a time right now where we do have a president who understands that there are too many and he's requiring more to be lifted for every new one that we write. But we need to do that for a really long time to try to bring it back to a reasonable, measurable amount. But this is also why I'm saying we need to focus more on enforcing what we currently have, Mr. Law and Order, than writing something new in order to solve the problems that we think that we have today and to wrangle in all of these Mr. Counter cancel culture people out there and all these people were just letting run wild because if we're not gonna bother enforcing the rules that we have, then what is the point of writing anymore? So let's get back to that. Let's get back to law and order as it was originally intended. Enforcing those rules will not bother with writing any more new ones. No more deals, no more brokers, no trying to do this bipartisanship nonsense because those deals aren't working. Let's just focus on enforcing the rules that we have and making sure that everybody understands that we are all equally accountable to those rules. And continue with this purpose, this plan that we already have in place where if we're gonna to continue to put some new stuff out there, yeah, keep stripping off more and more and more and more of them until they're back to a reasonable measurable amount. But for sure, let's not just write another new one to try to make everybody think, oh yeah, we've solved the problem because it's not going to solve the problem. What will solve the problem is enforcing the rules that we have because yes, we are going to be accountable and more than accountable to the rules that, and the regulations to the government that we currently have, but we're also gonna be held accountable to the God who instituted that government to enforce it in the first place. And we all need to be reminded of that sometimes. Just like I am right now, I think it would be good if our leaders did that a little bit more of that as well. And that's gonna be the end of my message I have for today. I would appreciate some feedback if you wanna give that to me. If you're still watching this video, I really appreciate it. I know I just kinda let a lot of things go, but there's a lot of stuff happening right now and it's really hard to stay on top of it all. If there are some things you would like me to talk about, please tell me what those things are and I'll try to hit it. And I hope that you'll come back, watch some more videos, share them with your friends. Again, this is Right All Week. I am Dave and this is where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <laughs>